Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to uh. Phantom Sports Podcast, episode 12. This is the Moise and Mark special because nobody else showed up. How you feeling, hey, man? I, I was, I was, you know, I feel good. I was free to come on. I don't, I don't want to let uh, Moby be here by himself. So I'm happy to help out. <laughs> yep. You know, only my friend Mark <laughs> decided not to leave me alone because Ty and uh, Jackson decided to fight each other. <laughs> and oh man, you guys are gonna love that. One. That's out. gonna be amazing when it comes out. I think it drops. April Absolutely. Ty, please confirm in chat. But yeah. I have no idea what happened in that match. I'm very excited yep. to find out. I really hope Ty wins because I may have may or may not have put money on it. Yep. <laughs> but yeah, look forward to that. But other than that, it's just me and you tonight, Mark. How are you feeling? Feel good. I'm ready to get into all the topics we got for today. So let's get into it. So right now, there is a college basketball tournament coming to an end. We saw earlier today. Baylor beat the brakes off of Houston. Oh, so, man. It was a massacre. <laughs> it was a massacre. Not close. What was it? 78-59 and the score? Oof. Ooh. God. Oof. Jesus. So, with that, I want to know what your predictions are for the remainder of the tournament. We have at least two. We have two games left. It's uh, Gonzaga-UCLA, and then the winner of that game plays Baylor in the national title game. Who you got, Mark? Ooh, man. Okay, so we got Gonzaga's playing UCLA, right? Yep. Yeah. Man, I don't know. UCLA is kind of like, you know, just college basketball, you always get that one team that they're not as talented as the other team, but, you know, they just play, like, more physical. They got more heart. And obviously, UCLA, they play physical. They have heart. They have a fantastic head coach, uh, great players. I don't know. This is kind of a weird one to me because, like, I feel like Gonzaga should definitely – the, with the, how good they are, they should beat the brakes off of UCLA is what I'd say. Mm-hmm. But I don't expect them to because that's how UCLA has been playing for me, in my opinion. So I'm saying Gonzaga's going to win, but I wouldn't be surprised if UCLA could, seek, UCLA could sneak out with a win. Mm-hmm. And if it's like Gonzaga, if uh, either one of them goes to the final, I think either team would beat Baylor. That's just Really? Wow. Yes. I don't think UCLA would beat Baylor. I don't think UCLA mm-hmm. is as good as other people seem to think. Gonzaga is going to win this game by double digits, as they win every game by double digits. Gonzaga is going to go to the next round. They're going to have their toughest challenge of Baylor, the only team even semi-capable of stopping Gonzaga. And Mm. (laughs) I think Gonzaga is going to go all the way. They're going to be the first undefeated team since the late 70s. I think it was an Indiana team. Ooh. And at that point, I will be 100% vindicated in saying Mark Few is better than Roy Williams, and I feel pretty good about that. As an all-time coach, though? No, I never said as an all-time coach, Mark. You know that. I well, said, the Royals are retiring now, so, you know, exactly. it's, it's an all-time debate so, now. It's, okay, if you want an all-time debate, then you got to give Mark you a little more time. But I said, yeah. <laughs> started this, this was in, what, December? Like, January? Yeah. I yeah. said I would rather have Mark Few than Roy Williams right now, and it was voted that I was wrong. I don't feel as wrong as maybe I should. So... Hopefully, Roy Williams goes back to uh, enjoys his retirement. And I think my stream is down. What happened? Can you hear me, Mark? Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Your, your screen froze for a second. It definitely I was like, froze. Wait. I think. Yeah. Went <laughs> right. Sorry about that. But I heard most of it. Um, <laughs> and I want to put like put out one saying, like, for me, this is where Jalen Suggs has to make his money. I said this. Mm-hmm. I think I said this like two weeks ago. I mean, I mean it now. 
Jalen Suggs had a good game last year. We had like 18 points. At, uh, yep. He had a good game. But I think now this is where he has to prove himself to be a top prospect. Because obviously he's already a top prospect. He's like what, projected top five? Uh, top he's a lottery probably, pick. Yeah, yeah lottery Kate, pick. Mobley and then Suggs. I don't see if there's that much to be. But I think this is where he has to prove that he's the number one guy. This is where he just has to completely go off, you know. I don't want to say to be a like, leader of the team because he's only a freshman, so it's not like he's able to be, like, the leader of the team. But it's like this is where he's got to really go off and just cook everybody. Mm-hmm. Dear Lord, but, uh, the line on this game is 14 and a half points. Sorry to cut you off. That's ridiculous. <sighs> I don't even know, man. It's I'm very be, interested in taking that UCLA 14 and a half. Not that this is a hot gambling tip. This game will be over by the but time man, anybody else I just know, this. like, with UCLA, man, like, I don't want to say, like, with the way they played the last game that, like, because it was Alabama. Because Alabama started doing really stupid stuff in overtime. I mean, they were taking dumb shots. I was extremely disappointed in how they played in overtime. Mm-hmm. With UCLA, I just – I love the way they play. Like, they just – It's pretty basketball. Like, I, I love the way they play. And it's just like – I know Gonzaga's the way more talented team, better coach team. They have – they do everything better. But I feel like on a good day, like, they, like all the announcers always say, on a good day, anybody can be beat. Mm-hmm. And that's – I feel like that's the perfect definition of UCLA. So, I don't know, man. I'm confused about who's going to win the game. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not as confused. I'm all about my squad. Gonzaga's taking this home. I think they might even cover that spread and win by more than 15 points. So, I'm very confident in this pick. I think they're going all the way. Hopefully, we'll see. I think uh, national – and I think the national championship for the women's bracket is already set, as a matter of fact. Oh, man, that upset was crazy. That upset was oh. very insane. Arizona took down the number one seeded UConn. It's man. always <laughs> shocking to see UConn lose a game, frankly. Man, UConn's been dominating women's basketball for, like, how long? Last 10, 15 years. feels like for most <laughs> Jesus, of my lifetime, man. I've heard of UConn women's I, basketball. Like, I've never not heard of them in, like, what, like, at least the elite eight other – not even the elite, but I always hear them winning championships with basketball. I'm like – I don't even know the coach's name, but all I know is all that guy does there is win. <laughs> and it's like, all right. But I, I got to give respect to respect because UConn been doing that thing. But Gino Oriema, by the way. Do I know who? It's Gino Oriema is the coach's name. Yeah, I have no idea what his name is. <laughs> I just know I just know he has wears glasses. But, uh, yeah, they've been dominant for a while. But that was a crazy upset. I don't even And they it. were upset. So the top two left now are Stanford and Arizona. I believe Stanford is a one seed. I don't remember what seed Arizona is. Um. Not 100%. So I haven't, I don't even, th- I haven't watched much of the women's bracket. So I don't know, I don't know what kind of team Stanford is right now. Right I about now. You're gonna have to let me know. <laughs> I have no, I have no idea what type of type of team Stanford is. Honestly, I just but, uh, had in the back pocket that UConn was gonna win it, and then I was wrong. So hopefully, okay, that's what everybody does because UConn's UConn been dominating women's basketball. It's the easy pick. It's the chalky pick. It's like saying Duke is gonna yeah. go to the men's bracket, even though they're not this year. It's usually oh, a safe bet. I don't know, man. All the all the classic college edge coaches are seeming to reach their uh, the end of their prime. Yeah, it's. You know? uh, I mean, yeah. Roland I don't want to say Coach K like is washed because Coach K's like. Well, I don't know because like with Roy Williams, we couldn't really tell until like the last past two seasons. Well, I could tell. I thought he was washed. And Coach K, uh, the past team, the team of Zion, that was a good team, but like team. they didn't play together, in my opinion. I think that's where they that's where they faulted, like. It was, yeah, Zion, R.J. Barrett, uh, Cam Reddish. They had Trey Jones. They had, uh, yeah, that was a great team, just talent wise. 
But like they didn't play together. I don't even think it was coaching fault. It's just like they're all projected picks. You have Zion mm-hmm. Williamson and RJ Barry. They're all like lottery picks. All three these guys of wanted to be the heroes on their team. And, uh, yeah, they wanted to be heroes. And only one. Bubble. I don't think. I don't even think their play styles for me. They didn't really mesh well. Honestly, they didn't mesh well at all. So it's just like that team didn't really fit together. They weren't. They weren't ever going to make go into the championship and win one. In my opinion. Well, but that like, that team was our like just on this topic. I think that team would have benefited from having like a true floor general. I think Trey Jones yeah. is a very solid point guard, but he's not the distributor you would like. If Kentucky John Wall was at that Duke team, that's the oh, greatest college team of all time. That's championships. <laughs> Kentucky that's, John yeah, Wall was a different breed. <laughs> so I yeah I think Coach K I think has a little bit more time ahead of him just because Duke is always going to be able to get those top recruits just because it's Duke. They always, yeah. They always, uh, yes, you can change the color of your name up to your ass. Um, the Redskins, I think you have to click your name for that. But, <laughs> um, yeah, so I think Duke still has a little bit more time before we see Coach K kind of retiring and being replaced. Other college yeah. top head coaches are moving around a little bit, even as they're older. Mike Woodson Didn't being hired he... at Indiana is very weird to me, but. Yeah. Didn't the Loyola coach get hired by somebody? Yes, he got hired uh, by Oklahoma. I think uh, Oh man, that's a good hire. That's a good hire. I forgot his name. It's something poser, I believe. I yeah, I don't know. But I like that hire. Um Oklahoma, they've been they've been getting some nice recruits the past few years. Uh they had well, I don't want to say Buddy Hill was a top recruit, but by the time his senior year he was a great player. And then great they had player. Trey Young. So they've been and, uh and yeah, and Tyrell Terry. So they've had a lot of great players, and now they're starting to get more recognition. So I think that's a good high for them. I think in the next couple of years, they start getting more recruits. They can start being more of a top program. Mm-hmm. Um, even Alabama, the, the past few years, they've been getting more recruits. Uh, I think College Sex has started that train, but now they're yeah. becoming much better. And I like their head coach, too. But, uh, yeah, uh, the college uh, atmosphere is changing now. Uh, Roy Williams is obviously gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, coach K really has to – I don't want to say change up his – style but you know he's kind of had to he's gonna have to adapt a little bit and uh unc they're gonna find a head coach now because i don't know who they're gonna hire i have no idea but, and there's a lot of names being thrown out there i don't know they might hire internally uh hubert davis i think is a guy's name but internally mm-hmm. i i don't know i i think that's a job that still has a lot of prestige i mean it's the yeah it's michael jordan's alma mater you'll always be relevant right so, I mean, I, I mean, it's always brilliant, but you have to perform, ooh, man. That's the UNC. Actually, baby. I have a name. I want to know what, what you think about this as a Celtics fan. What, what if Brad Stevens or Brad Stevens goes to UNC? Listen, I will gladly welcome it because I despise Brad Stevens <laughs> as, a, as an NBA head coach. But as a college coach, everybody knows Brad Stevens was fantastic. Amazing. And for me, in my opinion, I'll say about Brad Stevens is for me, he kind of fits more in that college uh type of uh, head coach. Because for me, what Brad Stevens lacks is, first of all, Brad Stevens is a great defensive coach. Celtics are always one of the top defensive teams. But what he lacks for me, in my opinion, is he doesn't know how to run an offense at a consistent level. When you watch the Celtics, it's always Jason Tatum is in the ISO or Jalen Brown is the ISO. People are standing in the three-point line. He doesn't have players move around or anything and it's very frustrating as a Celtics fan because it's like, dude, these got you got to create an offense. You got to have set up things. Mm-hmm. People run screens. All this go go here, go here. Run you can't just have guys. Stuff. You can't just have guys isolating for twenty seconds of the shot clock and then pass out somebody for a contested three pointer. Mm-hmm. And that's been my problem, Brad Stevens. But at the college level, that is much more acceptable because you have these extremely talented players that are 
the lottery picks so they can cook everybody and it's a lot more easier and you have a lot more help assuming and, you can uh you can recruit the draft yeah players. but you know it's brad steven he's been an nba coach for a long time so he's true he's going to be easily be able to get recruits but yeah i'd welcome it because i don't want him on my team anymore i still think he's a solid he's okay nba coach but he's a great he can be he's could still be a great college head coach easily i don't so going back to your point though about like running an offense we yeah. see we have seen what a of what a college that runs good offensive sets looks like and how they, deep yeah. in the tournament they can go. I don't necessarily yeah. know if there's a place for just having your stars run ISO anymore. Look at UCLA. They run one of the most patient offense uh, offenses in the nation. All they do is try to run a good set every time down the floor. You don't see them rushing things. You just see them yeah. working within the offense. That might be – so I'm saying college might even be more system defense. So Brad Stevens might even fail <laughs> worse at the college level. But here's the thing, though. He has for a me, proven I track think, record, but yeah, I think that because his defense, the way he coaches defense, is so great that he'll still be able to succeed at a high level. And hopefully, if he does go back to college, he'll find an offensive assistant. That's the one thing Brad Stevens has needed for a while. The Celtics haven't given him mm-hmm. is an offensive uh, assistant that can help him take the load off the offense because we, everybody knows he's not good at setting up offense every day and he needs a type of offensive assistant. So if he does leave, he needs to find that type of guy because if he does, it'll end up being like one of the best college head coach, one of the best coaches in college period mm-hmm. as soon as he starts coaching. I mean, yeah, if you see Mike D'Antoni carrying Steve Nash on a coaching staff, I don't think that offense is going oh, man, to Mike D'Antoni. Steve Nash. So. I have to say Mike D'Antoni is probably like, Top three best offensive coaches of all time, just basketball period. And there's a reason James Harden. Yeah, you got Phil Jackson and him. Like Phil Jackson, oh, him. Who, who wouldn't love playing with Mike D'Antoni? Would you throw Greg Popovich in that mix as the top three offensive coaches? I don't know. There's an like old school Popovich, offense. I feel like he's all around. I don't feel like he's just like offensive like juggernaut. Because like with Phil Jackson, you know, he created the whole triangle offense. He's the offensive guy. Mm-hmm. Mike D'Antoni, we know what he does with Harden, so we know it's like Phil Jackson. I feel like he was combination of like offensive defense and like a leader i feel like that's what he was mm-hmm. i mean i feel jackson uh, popovich yeah popovich but like yeah i don't know who's number three guy all i know is dan sony phil jackson or really those offensive guru type of coaches but i wouldn't have any idea <laughs> so speaking on greg popovich then let's move into some nba all right <laughs> so in the west top five is still it's changed up a little bit, but not much. You know, you got the Jazz as a one seed, Suns as a two seed, Clippers, Lakers, Nuggets. Lakers been scuffling, obviously, with uh, the loss of LeBron and AD. Injuries, man. <laughs> yeah. And Andre Kareem Drummond, as uh, Skip Bayless called oh, him for some reason. Andre, so, you didn't see that? He called him Kareem I Drummond. I can't even listen to Skip Bayless look at his tweets because I just get brain aneurysms every time I read them. <laughs> listen to him talk. I lose my like, points every time. Yeah. Let me say something about Andre Drummond, man. I don't know why Lakers fans even hyped up. Have you seen Andre Drummond play basketball? He's the least impactful basketball player I have ever seen. I don't like I like you know, you see bad players and you see like really <laughs> terrible players. Like I've I've had to watch Semi Ojale about the basketball team for years. <laughs> terrible. But never do you ever see a player that is just so useless at everything except for one thing. Like if Rebound Andre Drummond isn't grabbing a basketball that is just bricked offside of the rim. He is completely useless. 
Yeah. That can be completely useless. You can't set screens properly. None of that. You can't shoot. Can't like you can't do anything right except for rebound. Like, why are you so useless? It's been almost a decade of Andre Drummond, and he has not improved at any skill set in particular. He's the exact same player he was day one. Like, do people remember that one year? I think it was like the Pistons where he tried to he tried to start shooting and it was horrendous. And then he just stopped. (laughs) Stopped, yep. Shout out Enrique for the tier one sub, by the way. We appreciate it. Um, yeah, we appreciate it. But yeah, but like yeah, he's just <laughs> so useless. Like every time he tries to do something additionally, he messes it up, so he has to stop doing it. Yeah, so I don't even know like why like your friends are happening. I'm like, dude, listen, you got AD. When AD comes back, y'all gonna be good. Don't try to talk to people about Drummond because Drummond is terrible. Marcus is definitely better than Drummond. Um, I, I don't. I, I didn't obviously. I don't mind the signing because I don't like Lakers, but it is what it is. Andre Drummond is a walking double-double, but he has the least impactful double-doubles I have ever seen. Like, if people are going to say Russell Westbrook has the least impactful triple-doubles of all time, I have never seen a more quiet, unnoticeable double-double than Andre Drummond getting 10 points and 10 rebounds. Literally. Like, his teams will lose by, like, 25 and don't have, like, (laughs) double-double. He'll have 20 and 20 and have no outcome on the game. He doesn't even get. He gets like twenty rebound games with ease, and his and team still matter. loses by like twenty points. Matter. So it's like, it is what it is. Man. Add that but double double to LeBron and AD, but he's not adding anything additionally. He's just kind of there. Yeah, LeBron and AD are doing the brunt of the work. If he's there to be kind of what Dwight Howard was last season, and just kind of step in when Anthony Davis is off the floor to give size, maybe it works. Yeah. But he's not as good defensively as or close to it as what Dwight Howard is. So, at yeah. best, you're hoping for JaVale McGee with better rebounding abilities. Oh, man, JaVale McGee. JaVale McGee is just now, this past few seasons, becoming not a mean player. Because no. JaVale McGee's first few years in the league, my God, he was on Shaq and the Fool every week. Oh, I felt bad for the guy. Fan. I know this. I, I felt <laughs> bad for the guy. But, you I, know, he's really – JaVale gets a bad rep, I think, yeah. a little bit. He uh, he certainly has that knucklehead team, and I think nobody. He's kind of gotten rid of it. In his first few years, he really he, played no, like. No, 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 no. He did not get rid of it. He suppressed it enough to the point where you don't notice it as often. Yeah, you actually, you're right about that. You're right about that. <laughs> you don't that. notice okay. it as much because the expectations of him have changed to just being a knucklehead all the time. But he does but some you know nice what? things for you on the floor because he's an athletic big. Yeah, I'll say that Shaq Nifu did help him. Because he realized he was being such a buffoon all the time. And he had to, like, tone it down and become at least somewhat competent. And but he, even, he even last year in the bubble, rings, right? even last year in the bubble, the Lakers didn't really play him that much deep down in the playoffs because they knew, like, if we play this guy, we will lose. <laughs> if we play this guy more than we should, we will lose. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I respect Javel. He's, he's gone into his own. But we'll get to what he said. Jazz are first. I really don't know how the Jazz are good. I'm sorry. I've watched Jazz games, and, like, I understand they're winning a lot, but I don't understand why. They're not? Okay, so I, I had the take early on that they were, like, that old, old uh, yeah. 2014-15 Hawks team. They're not. They're just weird. Uh, <laughs> Thank you, man. Thank you. I like that explanation. I like that. Uh, they have a very, very weird trajectory. They'll do things like beat some of the best teams in the league and then go out and lose to the Wizards by 20. It's It doesn't really make sense. Obviously, like, when they have their – Everybody uh, available and healthy. Mike Conley is always in and out of lineups. Donovan Mitchell, I think, has missed a couple games here and there. But they 
just when everybody's on the court, they play well together. And Quinn Snyder's a great coach. See, but, that's my thing. Like, man, they're so talented. They're so lacking of talent, as I'd say. Yeah. But like, they play well together. That's why they're winning games. But I feel like come playoffs time, you don't got any bucket getters except for like a couple of guys. You got a whole handful of Mitchell, man. He, he's he's added to the bag a little bit this season, but I don't think he's a guy who can go out and get you a bucket. I mean, you saw it in the bubble. If Donovan Mitchell wasn't getting any buckets, they weren't winning. I mean, not even winning, but they, the game wasn't close. Well, you know who else has kind of been getting buckets for them when they need it this year? Who? Oh, wait, hold up. Is my mic unplugged? All right. Who else has been getting help this year was Jordan Clarkson. Jordan Clarkson has been getting buckets for them this year. I, I, you have to remember. Oh, he has. He has. He has. Who is it that said uh, he should have been a, <laughs> an all-star starter but not Anthony Davis? I think it was Charles Barkley. Oh, Charles Barkley's always. It was one of the guys from inside the NBA, but essentially they said Anthony Davis wasn't worthy of starting in the All Star game, but Jordan Clarkson was. They are insane. It was. He's been getting buckets off the bench. He's a good piece for them, but I don't know. I think they're not an inspiring team when they go when you go into playoff time. But you just gotta hope that maybe they'll do something more. I'll say this: they're probably gonna make it to the uh, Western Conference Finals, but I think that's where the talent difference is going to really end up hurting them, I'd say. Because mm-hmm. when it's just like – when it's like when you take all this – when you take Donovan Mitchell off and you take uh, Rudy uh, – I didn't even say Rudy Gobert. When you take the guys that can really score off, you don't really have anybody. You have nobody. And the, the team just – I don't know yet. They're just a weird team, like you said. <laughs> I don't strange. I don't really believe in them. I, uh, I don't – yeah, I, I don't believe in them. I don't think they have a very high ceiling, but playing well together yeah. is definitely valuable. Maybe they'll win a playoff series or two. We're starting to get down the stretch, so we're seeing how a little bit of uh, playoff matchups might shape out. So let's move into East. Speaking of playoff matchups, because right now, oh, God. who you got on docket? <laughs> you are the eighth seed as the Celtics, which would mean you man. would play the Nets in the first round. How does that make you feel? Oh, man, we're getting swept. All right, listen, let me let me say something, because I got a lot to say about the Celtics. So let me – go ahead. All right, man. Number one. First, I put the first of the blame is on Danny Ainge because he values draft picks too much, way too much. First of all, I, I got to give respect because, first of all, he drafted Jalen Brown when Jalen Brown wasn't even – he wasn't even the top of the projected lottery pick, I'm pretty sure, right? Mm-hmm. I can't remember, but he uh, he wasn't a projected pick where he was. I don't think so. Picked him third, and it took Jalen a while, but Jalen's not becoming, not becoming a really great player. Mm-hmm. Jason Tatum, I don't want to say that was an obvious pick because, you know – he, it they, was an they wanted them. He was a top high school recruit. Like he was. He was top, but people expected Josh Jackson, right? So I'm saying he he went against the grain. Yeah. So I respect that. So now you have two star players. Why are you continuing to keep all your draft picks and drafting rookie? Those guys are unlimited. What is it? They both just signed extensions now. Mm-hmm. Like you need to start drafting. You need you need to start trading those picks away and getting players, players so yep. you can go deep in the playoffs. And, and like like the. The Wizards are having is, like, the same problem is the tragic thing. Yeah, yeah. But, like, what I, my problem is, like, he's going in a draft and he's drafting. And, all right, Neesmith, I really don't think Neesmith, I don't even think that was a good pick. No. Like, he may be able to improve. I don't see it. Pritchard was a good pick. Pritchard's a solid player. He's a solid bench player. I like him. But it's like, dude, you don't need these type of players anymore. You don't need – I think Brad Stevens has an obsession with drafting <laughs> players and developing them. Like, it's like, dude. So You've him, already him got trading, two great uh, players. Him trading two seconds for Evan Fournier wasn't enough for you? Like, all right, so <laughs> I'll give him credit for, yeah, like 
But now's the time where you <laughs> have to go for that ring. Yeah. Like, you can't just keep that playing around. And I also have to get Brad Stevens blamed because he's coaching this team offensively in the most dumb way ever. And it's hurting, it's hurting Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown in the long run because they're learning bad habits. Mm-hmm. And now they're they're going to be – they're like uh, – I don't want to say he's going to get fired, but if he, like, gets – if he goes away, like, to the college or something – and a new coach coming, they're going to have those bad habits to start out, and it's really going to mess up with the team because the new coach is going to be expecting them to, you know, pass the ball around, move this around, move where. And they're all they're going to be expecting is to get the ball and hold the sh- hold to the shot clock ends. Mm-hmm. So it's hurting them in the long run. Obviously, we're still a group for a defensive team, but I feel like it's just this nucleus of bad things that's hurting us. And I'm going to say that I've been hoping we've been starting to tank for a while because – like who's who's like the lowest seed in the East right now? Is it the, uh, the Pistons? Pistons. So I don't want to say we have a shot, Jalen Suggs, but I'm saying if we start taking now, if we start taking down and we get Jalen Suggs, that would fix a lot of our problems. I think yeah, a number- playmaker that could get guys looks would help you guys a ton because Kemba Listen, does not this, do that. Here's my master plan for for the Celtics. Okay, first of all, you draft you trade away Kemba Walker. I don't care who what player for it is, you trade him away. Trade him for give somebody all the small fries if you really can. You give the team all the picks uh, they want and Kemba for a, a good player, you know, even a, a, like like a six man. Okay, you still keep Marcus Smart because Marcus Smart is defensive heart of the team. He's important. You get Jalen Suggs. That immediately changes not only the firepower of your team, but it really makes them a final. I don't want to say finals contender, but it makes them better automatically. Mm-hmm. You got to start getting bench guys immediately. I don't care who it is. Our bench is one of the worst in the league. They don't do anything. Has Mo Wagner helped at all? Mo like, he, he's like, I don't want to say he has no impact, but it's like, <laughs> he, yeah, he basically has no impact. Yeah. Actually, gotta, the guy we got, the guy we got from the Bulls has been having more impact than Mo Wagner. Yeah, Cornet, because he, he can shoot too, I'm pretty sure. I don't know. I haven't watched this play in weeks because it's depressing to watch this play. But anyways, like I was saying, we need to start tanking and we need to get an impact player, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think – I don't think you guys are going to be bad enough to tank, but uh, maybe maybe you guys end up in the playing game. Hey, listen, listen, listen. Is, is this how you tank without the NBA knowing? You say your players <laughs> have injuries when they don't have injuries. Uh-huh. Like Jalen Brown, technically he has knee tendonitis. So what you can do is you can just sit Jalen Brown for months. Yeah, I mean – And then he Hey man, it's true. LeBron does it all the time. People he does. do they do a little management. Hey, it's fair. Kawhi. It's fair game. Everybody does it. Yeah, it's fair game, man. No <laughs> rules against it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the rest of the East, I think, is uh, shaping out to kind of the top three versus everybody else. Right now, it's Nets, 76ers, Bucks, Gap, Hornets, Hawks. So mm. there's, I think, everybody else is. Uh, Hey, Phantom Sports Network, reach 81 followers. Let's go. Um, Let's get it. So, yeah, the top three teams in the East are very clearly the um, the favorites. And I don't think it's going elsewhere. What about the new Space Jam? You want to talk about Space Jam, too? Yes. So, wait, wait. Before we get to Space Jam, let me just say that the Bucks are still terrible. I don't care. But, <laughs> anyways, let get to Giannis Space Jam. Giannis still needs a half-court move. He doesn't have one yet. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, I like it. I like the well. A lot of people don't like it because they think, well, they think that LeBron's trying to be a copycat, or whatever. Yeah, you know, I don't really care about that. Like, I'm not a LeBron fan, but I don't really care about. It. I just want to see a solid movie. So, yeah. watching the trailer, I like the idea of the trailer. I think it's a tad bit over the top, 
You know, like I feel like they should have just had Lillard and uh Thompson and like who's other they have Anthony Davis in the two. I believe so, yeah. Yeah, they need they should just have them as themselves. <laughs> I don't think they should have had them as like the mystical, whatever they are. Yeah. But besides that, it's a solid movie trailer. I like what they did. Um might be a tad bit over the top, but I still like the idea. Mm-hmm. Um I'm excited to see how it comes out. Yeah. And I'm excited to see how Bond does in a full acting movie. Because athletes, I don't care anybody says athletes are usually horrible actors. For the most part, yeah. I, have you seen Uncle just, Drew, the uh, the Kyrie Irving movie? Oh my god, not a good movie. Very bad acting, but uh, had its moments. Jordan, I don't care. Space Jam oh, is dude. legendary, but Jordan is not a good actor. You're a okay, cartoon. you're not real. Is a real line from Michael Jordan. Have, have, have you seen a LeBron movie where he did with the other guy? Yes, uh, he was. So he was in that uh, Amy Schumer movie. That yeah, uh, his acting was not good. I yeah. thought he was better. He was better than I expected because I was expecting Jordan level acting, and. So I think LeBron just kind of has the advantage of acting before and knowing what he's doing. So I, well, he looks. He's better. lucky because he had to play it by. He's playing as himself twice, two That's times true. in a row. Movie, so he's he's got the advantage. He doesn't have to act like anybody else. But most athletes are horrible actors. But I'm hoping it's a good movie, though. Hopefully, it's a good movie. What one of my favorite parts of the trailer was Lola Bunny tossing it up like Dwayne Wade, and LeBron okay. slamming it down. I thought that was really cool. But it almost felt. Have you seen Ready Player One? That movie that was just all oh, it's yeah. called it's basically pop culture reference the movie. Uh yeah. it's not a great plot or anything, but if you like nostalgic if you like nostalgia and you like pop culture, you'll love the movie. This seems to be going on a similar tra- trajectory with the whole server verse or whatever they call yeah. it. Yeah. So hopefully uh hopefully it's uh LeBron doesn't destroy my childhood and one of my favorite movies for my childhood. And yeah, it well, makes so, a solid movie. It looks funny. The trailer looks yeah, funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hopefully it's good. I think for me, like, I think the reason they went so big with it, because, you know, Space Jam, the original, was fairly simple. And, you know, you can't really just copycat that movie because obviously you want the I don't you want the movie to be better, make more money. So you have to have bigger stakes. Space Jam, so you got to have bigger stakes. So I, I understand why they had to do a multiverse. They had to bring in Don Cheadle to be this villain type of person. Mm-hmm. And all that, so I understand that. I get it, and I'm hoping it's, it was way darker hoping, than I expected too. Like the whole premise is about his son getting kidnapped. That's uh, yeah, it's that's it very is very dark. dark. But I mean, I guess the original one was pretty dark too. Like the Looney Tunes would have been enslaved by a uh, an amusement park. Also, I'll say it's cool because I'm pretty sure they have a they have one, one of the, the stake sons. One of the fake sons playing is actually a UCLA commit for cornerback. He's a four-star oh, athlete. Cool. So I think, yeah, that's pretty cool. I, I think Ty's the one that told me that a few weeks ago. I was like, that's pretty cool. Uh, I'm not sure he's going to be a good actor because, like I said, athletes are terrible actors. But, <laughs> hey, man, I hope it's a good movie. I also hope it's a good movie. <laughs> you want to move into some football? Yep, let's get it. All right. So, the draft is coming up. I think we're going to What is it, four weeks now. away now? Four weeks away. Very close. Yeah. I think it's going to be a very fun draft. Uh, we don't know a lot of what's going to happen. Last year, there weren't many trades because of the weird COVID offseason. I think this year, we're, we've already seen that's not as going to be the case. We've had two mass- massive trades in the first round. So hopefully we get a little more action, a little more entertainment out of the draft. Yep. But we have some prospects ranked for a couple different positions. Indeed. Let's start with uh, interior linebacker and... Let's start with let's start. Let's go from five to one. All right, so I'll go off? first. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so my number five guy was 
Chasserat. So this pick is uh, developmental because Chasserat, for uh, like me, like I said, he's very athletic type of player. He has all the athleticism you want in a player. He's very smart. He's a solid, smart player because he used to play quarterback UNC before he switched to linebacker, which is a good move on his part. But I feel like he just has a lot of work to do in terms of run support. He has a lot of work to do in terms of being a coverage linebacker. So he's very developmental type fourth to fifth round pick. But I don't want to say he's for me, he kind of projects as a will linebacker. I don't think he has the size that I'd like for him that I'd like at a Mike linebacker. But I think he'd be a great will. Mm -hmm. And I think he has a ton of potential to be one of the one of the best wills if, if he develops correctly. I like that pick. I like Chasserat. The ACC produces linebackers. All about Indeed it. it does. My number five pick is Nick Bolton out of Mizzou. He does not have the measurement uh, measurables, but this guy pops off the tape. He, uh, he'll he just kind of jump into somebody and make them go flying, and it's awesome. And I really like that about oh. Nick Bolton. He is a hard-hitting middle linebacker who just dissuades people from coming over the middle. I think that's a valuable asset. And even if he doesn't have all the measurables, even if he's a little small, even if he's a little slow, I think he has the ability to produce on an NFL team. I think for me, the reason why I don't have Nick Bolton at six is because I say people tell people all the time. I'm always looking for intangibles. Mm -hmm. I'm always looking for traits because I'm just that type of guy. I, and like, I don't want to like deter away from players that don't have like those type of elite traits because they're still solid players. But I think I said him. I said a few weeks ago on the Token Boys pocket, but like Nick Bolton is just for me a very solid player. And for me, he just is what he is right now. I don't see him improving that much more because I feel like he's already he'll go right away to the NFL team and whatever NFL team he's starting with Mike Linebacker, he'll be that and he'll be a very solid player. And that's just what I see him as. So I don't have him at my top five because he's still a great player and all that, but that's the reason why I don't really have him in my top five. That makes sense. Who's your four? So my number four is Jabril Cox. So for me, uh, the second best coverage linebacker in the in the college football last past season, he was fantastic in coverage. Uh, he's not bad at run support, but what he really is at his best is a coverage linebacker. That's where he makes his money. Um, he's a very smart player. Um, he covers. He can cover wide receivers uh, occasionally. I don't want to say all the time because you know you don't want to risk it. But uh, he definitely covered tight ends. We eat cover running backs up the field. That's what he does best. He has solid speed. I love his athleticism. He's uh, explosive. Uh, yeah, I think he's a great player. Um, he didn't get to showcase much at LSU because I don't. Did he opt out or something? I felt like he I had a quiet he did, season. But he just had a quiet season, I believe. Yeah, he had a quiet season. But uh, when you go back and look at his tape from NDSU, you can definitely see why, why people have him so highly. And I definitely, I'd love him. I don't want to say first round pick. But definitely second three. Well, it depends. The linebackers are linebackers in this class very top heavy. Okay. Yes. And for usually when it's top heavy, you usually get maybe the top two guys will go in the first round, and then the rest of them will go later. Mm -hmm. So that's why I'm saying I think he could go in the first round, probably late first. But I'm thinking he's the early second round type of guy, and I'd love him on the football team because we need some linebackers. Him at fifty one would be very good for me. I would take that. Absolutely. My number four, I went from a guy with none of the measurables to a guy with all the measurables. Jamin Davis or Jamin Davis. How do you pronounce his name? Out of Kentucky? Uh, I have no idea. Okay, that guy out of Kentucky. <laughs> He's 6'4", 240, I believe. Uh, he ran a 4'3". Now, it might just be one of the other, like, everybody running a 4'3", because it's all pro days and no combine measurement. 
But he is—he pops off the tape. He's very fast. Can make plays. Not as consistent as some of the other linebackers. But with the upside that he has at that frame, uh, I put him number four. Yeah. So I have watched a little bit of Jameen Davis. I just, uh, I don't want to say I just found him out, but I kind of just recently heard about him a couple of, probably say a couple of days ago. So I'm not sure. I don't say I'm not sure what type of prospect he is yet, but I'm not sure what I'd evaluate him as right now. What I did see when I watched on tape is that he, he is uh, good in coverage. I think he, I think he'd probably be best as a will linebacker in the league, but I'm not sure. I'm going to have to get back to Jamil, uh, Jameen Davis. Mm-hmm. And watch some more of him because I'm not sure what type of player he is all to yet. Sticking with that D- did not evaluate tag for now. What's your number three? <laughs> so my number three, this is this is my favorite linebacker in the class, even though he's number three. Uh this is Zayvon Collins. Mm-hmm. I, I he, for me, he was probably the most exciting linebacker for me to watch on tape. First of all, versatility. He can actually he can people think he should be an edge rusher in the next level. I disagree. I think he should stay a linebacker, but he has the ability to be versatile as a linebacker. He can rush passer if needed to, and that's what made him such a great player. He can rush passer in pass coverage. He was solid in pass coverage. I love what he did there. Um, in run support, he was fantastic. I mean, once he saw it, once he saw where to go, he was going there, and his instincts was fantastic. Uh, it, with the offense uh, would switch or audible, he always knew what was going on. He always knew. I loved it. He was extremely exciting to watch. He's a big hit type of guy. His athleticism off the charts. Uh, I think I don't, I'm not sure if he had his pro date yet or not, but on the field, he damn near runs a four four on the field. I'd say damn near. It's probably four five range, but he like, weighs yeah. about two sixty, right? Yeah, he's big and he's fast. It's ridiculous. Physical specimen, and I, he's he's for me. I'd definitely pick him in the first round, but I'm not sure he's going to be in the first round. But I wouldn't be surprised if a team reached. But he's definitely early second if he doesn't go to first round, like very early second. I would have. I wouldn't object to us taking him nineteen. Me, me neither. Not at all. Not, not at all. So you made this very easy for me because my third and second linebackers are Jabril Cox and uh, Zayvon Collins. <laughs> I love almost everything you said about them. I think they're both very good in pass uh, in pass coverage. I think. Zayvon Collins is a freak of nature. He can absolutely <laughs> ginormous and runs a four, probably a four four. Um, I think I also disagree. I think he's better off as maybe a weak side linebacker. I think he can mm-hmm. close down on <laughs> any play in front of him. He hits very hard, and overall, even though he does have a pretty decent like bag of pass rushing moves, I think he would be better off as just like a blitzing linebacker. Uh, yeah. him to use it on like interior guards who are usually not as talented as uh, as tackles. So I think yeah, Zayvon Collins stud, Jabril Cox stud. Who you got as your yep. number two? Oh, my number two is actually Michael Parsons. <laughs> so this is more of a like I said, intangibles wise thing. Like I already said, a tangibles type of guy. Um, when you watch Michael Parsons, you just see the potential to be a one of the best linebackers in the league. He has all the talent there is. He's extremely fast, extremely explosive, C-ball, hit-ball type of guy. It's the other things, off-the-field stuff, and, you know, the instincts-wise that I think he needs to improve. And uh, I think he's a smart player, but he needs to improve-wise in terms of reading when the offense is audibling um, and not trying to jump into – whatever hole they think the running back is going into instead of uh, waiting and knowing which hole they're going into. Mm-hmm. But if Michael Parsons, he's 
probably going to be a first round pick. Um, he definitely is the type of talent. So whatever team he goes to, they I don't think he should play right away because I think if he plays right away, he's going to develop a lot of bad habits that he, he's going to develop a lot of bad habits. And the thing is with extremely talented players is you see all the time is where they have flash plays all the time. Like, uh, I don't want to bring it because it's two different positions, but with Dwayne Haskins, you see all these flash plays, but then you see all the bad habits. So it's just like, I know they can be a great player, but they've got to stop bullshit. You know, they've got to like got to break these bad habits, bring it all together. And that's the thing I don't want to see them with Michael Parsons. I don't want to see him go on the field and have all these flash plays, but he didn't have the, all these other plays. Like, what the hell are you doing? Like, I want to say, like, for last uh, last uh, draft, you had Kenneth Murray. Mm-hmm. And when you watched him on tape, extremely fit, same. I don't want to say same situation, Michael Parsons. Michael Parsons is more talented than him. But you saw the thing where you saw the you saw the potential. Kenneth Murray, whenever he guessed right, he completely exploded the play. He's explosive off the ball. He destroyed the play. But a lot of the times, he just run into the wrong hole. Like, sometimes Kenneth Murray would literally just – Guess way too early, run straight into lineman or the defensive lineman's butt, and that running back goes for like a 20 yarder. So, I and I'm not sure how he did with the Chargers, but that's what I don't want to see with Ken. That's why I don't want to see Michael Parsons. I hope he sits for a while. Uh, maybe late season he can start playing, but then by his second year, I think that's when he can start playing and start getting his money. So, yeah. Yeah. So, Michael Parsons is extremely talented. He might end up being the best linebacker in this class. He is not yeah. in my top five. Uh, character concerns with him are very real. He yeah, definitely. had a lot of incidents. You can look that up on your own. I think it was also <laughs> gross yeah. mottos last year. He he's done a lot of stuff, and there's I wouldn't want him in my locker room. I'm sure. I uh, definitely wouldn't want him. <laughs> there are at least a few NFL people who agree with me. Yeah. So let's move on to our number ones. Who you got? It's definitely, I mean, probably the same number one is Jeremiah Usukoromoa. It is Jeremiah Usukoromoa. I mean, people keep talking about me saying, oh, he's undersized. And I'm like, dude, have you seen this guy play? He doesn't look he doesn't, undersized. First of all, he doesn't really look undersized because no. people keep calling him. They're like, he's a glorified box safety. I'm like, no, he's not. He's six foot four and 216 pounds. First of all, anybody, heavy, but- anybody who keeps pointing out, like, for me, I point out guys that are undersized, but I always make sure to know that when they're playing, they don't play like they're undersized because that's important. Yes. If you're undersized, but you're playing like you're undersized, it matters. Like Brandon Cooks, he's always undersized and he's and he plays like that. He gets hit in the head all the time. Mm-hmm. But with other Tyreek Hill is extremely small, but he doesn't play like that. He plays like a big receiver. Curtis well, Samuel as well. I think five, yeah. five foot eleven. He plays like he's six two. Yeah, Jeremiah was a Cuomo, maybe undersized, but he plays like a big linebacker. First of all, is by far the best coverage linebacker. In, in the draft. Mm-hmm. But first of all, he covers better than some of the safeties in this draft, which is why people keep calling him a glorified safety. But anyways, covering wide receivers, tight ends, running backs off the, out the backfield easily. Um, in run support, he is fantastic. I mean, there are so many plays where, you know, the lineman's moving up at the second level and they're, and they're supposed to get a whistle core mode, but he just like, he just gets out the way and then goes to the running back. I mean, his quickness is insane. His feet are crazy. He's easily the best linebacker in the league, he's gonna easily be top special one day. Easily, uh, yeah, easily a first round pick. I'm not sure where. I like. I'm not even sure where because a lot of I don't say a lot of teams need linebackers, but it seems like to me like a lot of teams in the first round, out of, in like the top like 15 or top 20, 
could use a a linebacker like him, but I'm not sure where though. It's not a like super talented position across the league right now. Uh, yeah, have a few standouts, but everybody's looking for the better ones, kind of like quarterback, but obviously not as important. Uh, yes, yeah. he is just so good at everything when it comes to playing the linebacker position. This guy can play all across any of the three middle linebacker roles. If you want to any. play him at Will, if you want to play him at Mike, if you want to play him at Sam, he will cover any position that you want him to adequately. He'll cover running backs. This is going to be a guy who we maybe see stick with Christian McCaffrey for a few years down the line before running backs always end up washed. But By far. He's, <laughs> he, uh, <laughs> he's definitely somebody who I can see be special in this league, and I think he tops our linebacker ratings for a reason. Yep. So, with that, you want to move on to the second position we were going to talk about today? Yep, let's go to the cornerbacks. Let's go to the cornerbacks. All right, so my number five guy is Asante Samuel Jr. So, son of – I don't want to say he plays exactly like his father, but he's kind he's of like – very similar pro, to his father. He's, he's basically a clone of his father, but smaller. So, undersized, but like I said, when you watch Asante Samuel Jr., he plays anything but undersized. Extremely physical. Uh, he's versatile, can play outside or in the slot. He's probably, he's probably going to be a slot corner in the league, but – I think he has potential to play maybe a little bit of safety, like Ooh. like a box safety some of the times. But I don't want to say all the time because I don't even think he has any snaps to safety at FSU. But I think an NFL team could try him out at box safety uh, for a little bit or as like a, a sub-in linebacker sometimes. I can see that. Um, yeah, but very sticky man coverage. Uh, he's going to be extremely physical, get his hands on you early. I like that. Uh, he's a very quick player, um, explosive, and he's very smart. Uh, definitely, uh, second, second, third round pick. I'd say he's probably like, I'd say if he went in the first round, it'd probably be, uh, well, obviously it's definitely late to one of those teams that already have improvements, but they can use for me. I think he should go to the Bucks. And the reason why I say this, is because the Bucks corners are like solid at best because their defensive line is elite. But if you add a guy like Sante Samuel, that it turns you, I don't want to say it makes your cornerback room uh great mm -hmm. but he definitely improves upon it and it adds more talent because i think he's more talented than the guys they already have a corner but yeah he's definitely a great player definitely a great player he's also my number five uh, i i definitely see what you're saying is he's five nine but does not play five nine definitely is a can play corner at the next level i see where you're coming from with the safety i think that would yeah. be a little bit of a waste of his coverage skill set uh, yeah, I think he'll be a very good corner in this league. Probably, like you said, in the slot. Uh, but I think he'll he, <laughs> yeah, he he mirrors his dad a lot of the time. It's very very familiar the way he plays. Yeah, I will say what was it the past like two years? There's been a lot of like Sun players coming out. We're gonna talk about another one, but yeah. <laughs> I don't want to say I didn't grow up watching Samuel, but obviously we both got the chance to watch him a little right. bit before he retired. We're both on so. the younger side, so we didn't get to see everybody's back. And when we're older, we're probably gonna end up seeing like Asante Samuel the, son, the third. The son of Joey, Joey Bosa the third or something like that. So I don't know. <laughs> Junior. So yeah. Um get to my number fourth guy. It's Eric Stokes. So for me, I actually I thought Tice first. I first thought Tyson Campbell was better than Eric Stokes a couple of months ago, but I rectified that. I went back and watched both <laughs> of them. I realized, no, Eric Stokes is a better player. And I thought the Samuel was slightly better than Titus Campbell. So I got Titus Campbell at number six. But anyways, Eric Stokes, extremely uh, talented. First of all, physically, he's extremely fast. I don't want to say his pro day times are accurate because I think all the pro day times you've seen. They all feel a little, a little juiced. Bit, 
a little bit. They're definitely they're definitely juiced. So, but I still think he's I still think he's a four four guy. So he had what he went like a four two nine. He was ridiculous. Yeah, he was very. So close. I think he's like low four three, high four 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 guy. But uh, anyways, extremely fast, uh, extremely physical. I love the Georgia secondary. I love all the guys. They're extremely physical and they're fantastic at run support. They are great tacklers, very physical tacklers. I think Eric Stokes is just a prototypical boundary corner. Mm-hmm. Um, he can play zone, but I think he's more of a press man type of corner, be that type of guy. He fits into a lot of schemes. Uh, definitely not a first round no. pick, he, uh, unless the Raiders decide to uh, <laughs> do what Damon they do usually this, yep. and, and just bet on the guy. But uh, yeah, definitely second round, third round type pick. But I think he can start immediately and be a solid player. I agree with you, uh, but I see a lot of bust potential here. He he is a I I also have Eric Stokes number four. I think with pressman corners, it's always a gamble. Uh, he's very fast, yeah. very lengthy, very physical. That doesn't always mean he's fa- he's fast enough, he's strong enough, or long enough to cover the best NFL corner or uh, receivers. I think a guy like Mike Evans could put a little bit of pressure on an Eric Stokes. I mean, but like it's not Mike a, Evans, though. Not I mean, yeah, obviously it's very tough to cover Mike Evans, but I mean, there's a lot of guys who I think. Could be, and it seems like that's tra- that's almost the trajectory of the receiver position. It's just as many people trying to get as many Mike Evans on the roster as possible. That's where you see like Antonio guys like uh, Antonio Gandy Golden who are undrafted prospects go in the fourth round. So, um, I still think he'll he'll be okay in this league, but I do see the bust potential po- possibility. But Eric Stokes is still for a lot of the reasons you said my quarterback four. But see, I can understand see bust potential for me. I don't see where he could struggle with bigger receivers because for me, that's kind of where he shined. Mm-hmm. I think for me, what he struggled with is the smaller receivers, you know, so like is going to put him in. <laughs> yeah. Like the smaller guys are a lot more quicker off their feet. They can make more faster cuts, which is why I'm saying he's purely boundary corner because yeah. I think he would get absolutely smoked if it was a slot. That's true. Rondell, like, that's no, Moore, like, Rondell Moore would absolutely destroy. Yeah, <laughs> like he's a great player and all, and I, he's, and I think he'd be a great corner. But if he was in a slot and he's getting, it's a smaller guy with quicker feet, he's gonna get smoked. So it's like, yeah. Well, you got a number three. So number three, got Caleb Farley. So for me, this is purely intangible. Well, I don't say purely intangibles because he did uh, what 2019. He had a great 2019 season, mm-hmm. but. It's more so, more so intangibles because he was in, he was an opt out, right? Yes. Yeah, he was an opt out. So he's an incredible athlete. Uh, what was he? A former wide receiver at uh, VT, mm-hmm. or not? Was it Virginia Tech? Yes. Oh uh, yeah, former wide receiver at VT. And for me, what I really love about Caleb Farley is, first of all, I don't really make a big deal about hip flexibility because you know it's not something that you that is like extremely visible on tape with DPs all the time unless they're, like, extremely unathletic. But uh, when I watch him, like, hey, the way he turns hips with ease is incredible. It's nice. Like, it's an incredible. Like, like when you see him guarding, like, a, a post route or a corner route, I mean, he just, in a, like, split second right there, just turns with ease. I love it. And he's extremely fast. Very, very He's, fast. like, he might be as fast as the fastest wide receivers in this in his class. Yes. Like, and I mean it when I say that. He's extremely fast. It's ridiculous. Um, he definitely shines in zone coverage. I think that with, that's where he makes his money. Mm-hmm. Um, man coverage, he does have uh, stand improved there. He definitely can stand and be a lot more physical with man coverage. Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, what I, another problem that I have with 
to him. I have a problem with a lot of corners. Uh, and this is more so an issue with a lot of college corners is that they don't turn their head around downfield. And I hate when I see that. Like, you got to turn your head around. And in NFL, yeah, in NFL, they, they call flags all the time, even though it's not a penalty. But you know the NFL, the offense now, they're going to get give the benefit of the doubt offense. So if you don't want to get called for pass interference, turn your head around, man. I can't express that enough. Very and he, a lot of the times in this tape, what I see is that he'd break the ball up. But I'll be like, I'd like for you to turn your head around because mm-hmm. you're going to get called for a lot of penalties in the NFL. Your coach is going to be pissed at you. But other than that, definitely a uh, tangible type of guy. Um, he just had back surgery. So I'm not sure if that drops. It might have dropped his – that's the reason I had Draft him as stop. my quarterback three, actually. I had him as yeah, my quarterback but, one before uh, his surgery, but I don't know. Injuries always make me question where I put yeah. these guys. He uh, he has been – he was an opt-out, plus he's coming off of surgery. Yeah, so oh, man. He, uh, he has hurt his own draft stock to me in a lot of different ways. I think he could be end up being the best corner in this class, but it's very That's dependent far, on yeah. how he recovers from this injury and where he lands in the draft because if he's – put in a position to not succeed. Like if Greg Minuski got his hands on Caleb Farley, I would not he he would not be anybody. Well, Greg Minuski's at Kentucky Moreau. now. You know <laughs> what's a, funny is Greg Minuski he's actually an coach. offensive quality coach. <laughs> How do you end up going from NFL defensive, defensive coordinator to offensive quality coach? There, yeah. I mean Hugh Jackson did something similar, right? He was an offensive coach and became like a defensive assistant out for the Bengals at one point when Marvin Lewis yeah. was there. So when you're I'll a bad enough f- coach, you gotta switch it up, I guess. I I don't even know. Um, but I'll say about Farley is the thing that's so interesting to me about him is like I don't want to say like Jerry Ramsey's unathletic. Jerry Ramsey, he was a top corner guy. He was extremely special, generational type player. But for me, with Caleb Farley, I would say Jalen Ramsey was generational just coverage wise. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's definitely extremely athletic. But I think for me, Caleb Farley, I you rarely ever see a cornerback. With this type of athleticism, because obviously he used to be a former wide receiver. Like, I think if if he does reach up to the potential, he could definitely end up being the best corner in the league just off of how elite his athleticism is. But, yeah. Hopefully it's all still there after these surgeries. Who's your number two? So, my number two guy is actually Jason Horn. This might ruffle some feathers. (laughs) Um, uh, Prototypical rounding corner. He makes his money in man coverage. Mm -hmm. I mean – Everybody saw that game against him and Seth Williams. He didn't let Seth Williams anywhere. He had him in Alcatraz the whole game. Just locked up. Um, what I really liked about J.C. Horn that I had problems with other corners is he always turned his head around downfield. Mm-hmm. I love that. When a DB does that, that's why I, that's why I put them at, at the top of my list. Because when you turn your head around downfield, that's what I love to see. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely flexible with his hips for his body type. He's definitely long and lanky. He has like pretty long arms. He's tall. Um I think he saw the zone coverage, uh, but could definitely stand and prove there. But that's not what he's meant meant for. Uh, he's a willing tackler. He's a solid tackler. Definitely has to improve his form a little bit. But uh, yeah, definitely the number two guy. Easily a first round pick. Start him right away. He's going to end up being one of the best young pricky corners right off right yep. off the bat. And that's why I put him number one. Mm. JC Horn <laughs> is my number one corner. He is a man up corner. <laughs> I had uh, Pat Sertain number two, obviously, who's your number one, I imagine. But yes, uh, JC Horn. Very, 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 very good player. I see, I don't want to say shades of Deion Sanders, but I see a little bit of it. I, when you have a man-to-man corner who is not scared of anybody and can break up a pass anytime it comes his way with excellent ball skills, 
I am all about it. That is what a top-tier corner does. He shuts down a corner with nothing but trash talk and ball skills. So, I think J.C. Horn, son of Joe Horn, NFL great, which is a common theme here, I think will be a stud in this league. What do you think of Pat Sertain? So, the reason why I have Patrick Sertain is number one, because number one, I think Patrick Sertain is better in zone coverage than J.C. Horn's. But because obviously JC, I don't want to say the J. I think Patrick Rutan and JC Horn are both equally as good at man coverage, but I think JC Horn might have a slight edge on him in man coverage. But the reason I'm putting Patrick Rutan above him is he's better in zone coverage. He's a better tackler, especially in the open field. And I feel like he's uh he's been more consistent as a player than he Horn has. Was Patrick Rutan's like what he's three year player? Yes. And Patrick Rutan has been doing it for three years consistent making plays for Alabama at corner. That's the reason why I have him against uh, ahead of J.C. Horn. J.C. Horn may end up being the better player in the NFL, depending on. But I, I have Patrick Tanner number one because I think he's a better, just a better player as of right now. And, yeah, I think he's also – I think he's a smarter player than uh, Horn. Just I can agree with it. that. I think his football IQ is very good, and I think anybody who goes through Alabama uh, usually ends up with a very good football IQ. Unless yeah. you're Ryan Anderson and you want CTE or some unknown. Ryan, I don't. I don't understand what that guy's issue is. Man. <laughs> I don't know. I really either. don't understand. Like I want to say, like when I was in high school, you have a bunch of guys that actually enjoy hitting people with their heads and yeah. getting CTE. But when you hear it from an NFL player, it's like what? Yeah, I mean that's you're, you. You got to be a psychopath. Like I don't like, know what's. I don't know what's wrong with you. I mean, clearly you did something right to end up in the NFL. But to say you don't want to remember a day of your NFL career. Kind of like, something had, a crazy listen, person says. I had a couple of concussions in my football career. I did as Never well. have I ever said I enjoyed any of it <laughs> or wanted more. Like, no. What's wrong with you? No. Yeah, no, they are not pleasant experiences. I don't know how what you're Not at all. A not a- I had to sit in my room alone in the dark. In the dark, long. yes. Yes, like, it was not a fun time. I couldn't do, like, you can't even do homework. Like, you can't do the stuff, like, boring stuff. You have to and just a, sit and do and nothing. They, what he said, like, I, I don't want to, I didn't play right if I didn't remember my grandkids. It's like, <laughs> what's the point? Because number one, even if you, even if you, oh, you play it right, you become a star player. You're probably going to end up forgetting it, right? Right. Like, come on, bro. But whatever. I don't understand. <laughs> Ryan Anderson. It is what it is. One of a kind player. Hopefully. Yeah. He, uh, did he sign somewhere or is he still just a free agent? I, I'm pretty sure he signed. I'm, I mean, I'm going to look it up I'm right look now. It up real quick. Ryan Anderson. That's, you sure know that one is a uh, that's that feels like a Snyder special. Taking oh, Ryan man. Anderson in the second, he signed to the Giants. He signed to the Giants. Oh man! <laughs> Damn, I wish Patrick were here. Well, I mean, the Giants kind of need a pass rusher, even though he's not that much good of a pass rusher. Right. He's I more mean, Leonard Williams guy, is but... kind of doing it on his own. That's why they gave him so much money. <laughs> but hey, I mean, whatever help the Giants can get, I mean, if you if you have a guy, let's. As a human being, you don't want a guy that enjoys CTE. But as a football coach, you damn sure do. I guess that's right. True. You will take a guy who because will that guy will never shy away from the hit. That guy wants all the hits. Okay, so the football coach is like, you know what? Just just go out there. You go hit somebody, man. You just go hit somebody. I don't care who it is. Go hit somebody. Man, this can but as, as a human being, you're like, oh, what is the score? It's twenty to nineteen, Gonzaga, right now. 
Okay. Ten minutes left in the UCLA first. putting up some fight. They're putting up some okay, fight. Okay, UCLA. They're putting up some fight. They're like I said, man, I told you <laughs> what I said earlier. I said I don't know, but UCLA can put up a good fight. They can put up a. I mean, so far, so far they put up a good fight. We'll see the second half. Defense. Oh, dang! Tiger Campbell just hit a tough shot. Okay. Uh, baseball season just started. Um, for some teams, not for my team. Uh, my team. You guys got COVID. My team. Some players got sick. So we don't get to play our first series. So hopefully, I was gonna Matter go fact, to that game, man. That's what bothers me the most. I had tickets well, like ready to purchase, like my finger was hovering over the button, and then they it was in DC. Yeah. yeah. Oh wow! So I literally could have just driven, gone to the game. I'm fully vaccinated and everything. I was super excited for it. I was gonna pay hella money, but instead, I don't get to watch anything, and now I have to watch other baseball teams which is not as oh funny. man you don't get that money back for that ticket do you i didn't pay for it luckily oh um, okay okay well, I, I was like, you're, you're I good it, man I, mean, I had it hovering but i had expectations to go that's what sucks hey man <laughs> listen i understand it sucks bad you didn't pay a dime for it so I did you not know pay what a dime. i did not pay a dime so okay. you're good matter of fact it's let me get some, is, is swan soda got a contract yet is there any updates on that none the only update is that they're really cheap and probably not going to do it. So that you know, this hurts. thing about DC owners—they're <laughs> so goddamn cheap, man. Please support Phantom so I can buy at least one of the teams. And just actually, I don't want to say Dan Snyder's cheap, but Dan Snyder—he's not cheap. Spreads I mean, his money out too much. We saw he does him too put much. Up that money. What did he put up? Eight hundred and seventy-five million dollars. Yeah, Dan <laughs> Snyder spends too much. I mean, he signed Paul Richardson to. <laughs> All right, listen, that Paul Richardson contract is uh, one of the worst contracts ever. Who is it? Bruce uh, Bruce Irvin? What's the guy's name? No. No, the other one. Albert, the other Bruce. Albert Hainsworth. Albert Hainsworth. Who was the DA? <laughs> the DN? We, we Jason DN Hatcher and one other one. We oh, signed God. a lot of old wash players. Deion Sanders. A lot of I mean, But that wasn't a big contract, was it? Deion Sanders? Was it a big contract? I don't I remember. I remember it being a big contract. That was before my time, but I'm pretty sure it was a big contract. It's I don't Deion know why. Dude, Dion was by far washed by then. But oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Dan Snyder's definitely not going to be cheap. But all the other DC owners, I mean, the Wizards owner, I mean, the Wizards owner barely wanted to get Bradley Beal extension, right? <laughs> so I'm pretty sure. He- the Wizards owner is completely incompetent. I don't know if you know this. Um, I mean, oh, you- I definitely know it. <laughs> I, I, I don't know if I even showed you. A couple of years ago, I think this was six years ago. On yeah. Martin Luther King Jr. Day, the Wizards released a picture, half of Ted Leonsis, half of Martin Luther King Jr. with two quotes, one from each of them. Are you – Ted I, is white, this right? This is 100% real. Yes, Ted is a Greek white dude. This is 100% real. They had to apologize for this. I don't – no, 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 that, no. that should just tell you what kind of person Ted Leonsis is. I don't, First I don't, of all, that's – Social media manager was definitely a member of the white Aryan nation or something. Because <laughs> there's no way anybody with logical sense would put a white man's face right next to Martin Luther King's face and wish it together at Martin Luther King Day. Who does that? Hold on. Let me see if I can find the quote. But it's so <laughs> no, bad. Hold on. Martin there, there's no – I got to find that picture later. There's no way they really did that. But anyways, like you were saying, the Wizards owner extremely like, cheap. I mean, Very, very cheap. Uh, he paid the luxury tax once. I don't – I think it's just kind of the way it is. Hold on. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to see if there's a way I can show the stream this. There's no way. <laughs> you had the picture? I have the picture pulled up. I Googled it. Oh, my God. So <laughs> we must accept oh, finite disappointment but never lose infinite hope. Martin Luther King Jr. Then right next to it, I try living a double bottom line every day. Holy shit. I just seen the picture. 
doing well by doing good. I don't know what he's talking about. I don't know what his quote means. They also Listen, compared guys, the, the mascot. If you're in the chat, please look up this picture. If you're in the chat, please look up this picture. I don't, I'll, I'll try to – I'll tweet it out, as a matter of fact. And I'll, yeah. I'll show everybody. It's yeah, a very, very weird image. And that's pretty much what DC owners are all about. He also owns the Capitals. So, yeah, that's all four of the major yep. – yeah, well, At least the they somehow won the championship. They did somehow win a championship, but that was more Nationals in spite of uh, – <laughs> more in spite of Ted Leonsis than because of it. Man, so. listen, man. So I'm not actually a Nationals fan. I'm a Red Sox fan, but the Red Sox I need to talk about. We are in embarrassment right about now. But I'll say when I was watching that Nationals baseball uh, run, when I was watching that Nationals run, yep. it was like probably the most special so much playoff fun. run in baseball I have ever seen. It, like, I don't it's, even, I was it's not even a good team overall. No, it was just yeah. the most magical run I've ever seen. It was so much fun. Like every time, like, they didn't have the most talent in the world. They had heart. Yeah. That's what carried them to the finish. Like, when you look in the definition and see underdog, you see the 2019 <laughs> Washington National Washington Championship team. 19 and 31 came streaming back to win the World Series. One hell of a year, man. And now, first of all, all we have listen. left to remember of the World Series is Juan Soto not being extended and Steven Strasburg making too much money. So... You know, what happened to that guy? Does he pitch anymore? He still pitches. Does he even pitch yeah. anymore? Nobody remembers what happened last year because it was 60 games and it was a Mickey Mouse year anyway. Uh, he is back this year. He'll he'll be the number two pitcher probably. So Who's the number one guy? Max Scherzer. Oh, I forgot about that. The guy still yeah. exists. And you got Patrick Corbin. You know, they still got their Hey, man, I'll yeah. say those. Uh, Strasburg's 2019 playoff run was insane. Nasty. Like, Absolutely. oh my goodness. That, no, that World Series. Mm-hmm. What was it? That, that one game, but they were, what were the Nats like? They were down one game. It was like 3 1 or something. It might have been no, not 3 1, 3 like 3 2 or something. I think it was like the game before the elimination game, game and they were down. Yeah. Yeah. Game six, I think. Was it Strasburg that came in and like really clutched it out? I'm pretty sure it was him. I think so. He came in and really. I, I don't remember. He came in really yeah, no, game. because they were down. They were down in the game. It was like a winner go home. And Charlesburg came in and absolutely killed it. He had a yeah. He had a great. He had a great. Oh, uh, and then Max <laughs> Max Scherzer almost fucked it up in the next game. <laughs> he did. He almost fucked it up, but then but we did. They pulled. We did it. They pulled. It. It. Oh man, what was it that started off? It was who's the guy's name? The the black guy. <laughs> <laughs> Howie Kendrick. Yeah, Kendrick started off the home run. I was like, oh wait, 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 and then what was it? I think Soto hit a home run, I think. Soto hit a home run, I believe, yeah. And then or Rendon. Rendon. It, Rendon I think. it was either one of them. And then I, I think Soto had the base hit and Soto then had started the, the whole hit. thing. Yes. Yeah, Soto basically started Man, everything. I, I sometimes stay awake at night dreaming about the Brewers dropping the ball in that first round. Because if that didn't oh happen, we wouldn't have nothing. Holy. Have we were down in the bottom of the ninth. The, left field, or the right fielder dropped the ball after Juan Soto hit a base hit. He cleared the bases, got to second, and yeah. the rest is history. Holy man. Watch Soto, man. I would say watching him in that playoff run, I'm like, this guy is damn near a generational hitter. He I, is the best I mean, hitter in the MLB. The, we'll see that this year. Who was that? It was a, it was a, who was a uh, pitcher on the Astros he uh, destroyed? I forgot his name was. <laughs> oh, like um, Derek Cole or the other was. one? No, the other one. Was it? Uh, he's like, oh, he's like old. Uh, uh, not, the one with Kershaw. Kate Upton? Yeah. Uh, I forgot his name. What was his what name? What is again? his name? I I cannot remember his name. Justin oh, something. Oh my god! Yeah, Soto was smoking. Like it, it was. It was. I think it was like one of the first few games where like 
he do a strike. And then Soto, you know, Soto does his, uh, the thing he always does before pitch. And then he just absolutely smokes the ball to the, like, uh, yep. 400 feet. And I'm like, this guy is the real Verlander. Deal. Justin Verlander. Verlander. Oh, he smoked Verlander. Oh, him. my goodness. It was such a fun run. Hopefully, baseball oh. season this year is not just the Dodgers running over everybody and we get a little more entertainment. Well, the Mets are a pretty good team. The Mets are pretty good. They did extend Lindor this week. That's something we should have talked about. Um, finally extended Lindor. Got, took him was it 10 years, $341 million, I believe? Probably. Uh, I was listening to a baseball player talk. I'm trying to remember his name. I think it was Dallas Braden. He basically mm-hmm. said the way that league circles were viewing that move was whether or not the new owner of the Mets, Steve Cohen, was serious or not. If you don't ex- extend Lindor, obviously you're not a good owner because this is the guy. Oh, but he was serious, so yes. So he was very serious about it and went out and got it done. So now I'm scared of the Mets in their future because they have competent ownership. So right now Man, the Nats is... are probably third in their division, uh, the third best team in their division, maybe fourth, depending on what your view of the Phillies are. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what else much is going on baseball season except the Dodgers are still very good. So, wait. So let me say. So the, the previous Mets owner just sold right out yes. of nowhere. They yes. just sold. I think they were so just getting old. This is my thing. I hate it when other fans and teams get lucky and the ownership sells. You know how long I've been waiting. You know how long I've been waiting for Dan Snyder to just sell, or so that, to that, that chat, comment in the chat. I can't believe the Nats won a chip before the Washington Football Team. The reason is Dan Snyder has not sold the team. So yeah, not even just a reason, but like God, like they can't find enough evidence against this dickhead to just make him like because you know, right. and shout out to you know, NFL extended his tier one subscription through November, and it is currently thank you, Enrique. So thank you so much, we appreciate that. So like you know, with like the, you know, there's a rule where like if the owner does enough terrible stuff that they can have a committee, mm-hmm. and then like if they all vote, the owner has no choice but to sell the team. They're not gonna do that though because everybody has the same. Skeletons in their well, because every yeah, owner right? has dirty download yeah. stuff they've done. Nobody wants to the NFL all in their business. By the way, billionaires uh, are basically free to do whatever they want. But yeah. Much. By the way, Jose Barrios uh, just got pulled in the sixth. The uh, Twins pitcher. He was throwing a no hitter in the sixth inning. Uh, yeah. Wow. Just, he had thrown eighty four pitches and got pulled. So that seems like bad juju, but uh, they did that. Come on, man. <laughs> whatever. At least baseball's being baseball, and we have weird stuff going on that nobody really understands. Who's that? Uh, that guy in the Padres. Uh, I forgot his name Tatis? was. Tatis. Oh, I love Tatis. Tatis That's one of my favorite young players. Guy. He has not. I love Tatis. I don't even think he has 500 plate appearances yet, but he's one of the most fun players in the MLB. He's, has uh, he got extended yet, man? I think so. I don't. I'm not 100. percent Oh man! I wish Patrick were here. That's, he that's a special player right there. Man. That's that's one heck of a player. And you know, I think that yeah. who else is on the Padres? They have Manny Machado, don't they? Yeah, but isn't he down at the end of his career? You know, he's only. I I'm think pretty sure. Maybe, I think he's younger than Bryce Harper. Right? Thirty. Man, I feel like Manny Machado has been in the league for years. Jesus. Baseball players. Are we sure? Now. Hold on. Let me look up Manny. Oh, Machado. I know that, but like, I feel like. Let's see. I feel he's like he's older than that. He's Twenty-eight. What? <laughs> yeah. I feel like he's been in the league for forever. I guess he's just... The what? It just feels like that, I guess. I mean, if you ask me, Bryce Harper's been in the league 15 years, so... Hey, man, I'm a, I'm an avid Bryce Harper hater. I don't <laughs> like that guy. I'm not even a Nationals fan, but I just don't like that guy, man. I, he is... There's something weird about him. I don't know what it is. The way I, he I left was, he was just here, like... But it was... I think he left because they didn't pay him. They wanted to defer a lot of the money. 
I feel uh, like the Wizards are down twenty. That that makes a lot of sense. Uh, <laughs> of course they are. I'm kind of glad that they're down twenty because I'm watching Jalen Suggs play basketball right now. It's still down by twenty as well. UCLA is up four right now. So hey, let's listen. They're putting up that fight. Look at my UCLA guys, man. That's what I like to see. Fight. How many games left in the first quarter? Uh, it's in a replay right now. I'll let you know. But yeah, so baseball season uh, well underway. I don't know how well the Red Sox are. Holding up uh, five minutes left, so it's basically. The last we're game. definitely not holding up. I'm even honest. I haven't even checked to see if we're holding up, but all I know is that we're a bad team. It's tank season, still. Mm-hmm. I don't know any baseball prospects because I'll be real. Yep. I don't know enough about baseball to dealt prospects. And anyways, baseball prospects. I don't want to say they don't matter, but they go to the minor leagues immediately, and they Very, have to. Yeah. Like, it, it doesn't matter. They have to work their way up. Two, three years, probably, unless you have like, like a super many, generational yeah. prospect. Yeah, like how many players are like Bryce Harper where they just start playing right away? That doesn't happen. Uh, Bryce Harper even was in the AAA for a little while. Was it, Yeah, but it wasn't as – he wasn't there as long as most players are, no, right? No, no, no. So it's he, like uh, – He was not I, – I don't know how long it was. I don't want to guess. But yeah, yeah, but it wasn't a very long I was time. Not most as, players, I was not like, following baseball as closely then. I will say that much. Well, just, Wal Soto was in the minor leagues for like three years, yeah. I'm pretty sure. Well, I mean, a lot of the so. – like a lot of the foreign uh, prospects, unless they're like really good like Shohei Otani – a lot of them go yeah. to the minor leagues for a little while. I mean, Luis Garcia is another guy who's probably going to be in our farm system for a little while, who's going to be amazing. Mm. Victor Robles was like that, too. Yeah, what happened to Robles, man? I thought he's he leading be a off. good player. He's leading off. He's going to lead off this Is week. he like that guy? Because I feel like when I was watching him in the playoff run in 2019, I feel like he could be he a was, great player, but he still got a lot of yet. potential. He's been, uh, he was cold at the plate most of last year. He had a good spring training. A lot of people are hoping he yeah. carries over. He went from, like, Last year he was hitting ninth. Now he's hitting first in the lineup. So maybe mm. with more plate appearances he can get in rhythm. He's never gonna hit for power a ton, but uh, maybe he'll be. Oh yeah, no, no, no definitely not. But he he does have some t- batting talent. He just gotta find ways to get on base consistently. And his legs are definitely a threat. That guy can run. So, man, listen, I'll say one thing about the Red Sox. You don't you don't know how depressed I was when Jackie Bradley Jr. didn't return. Yeah, I was just like, you know what, you guys. Listen, the 2018 championship, it was fun. I miss Mookie, man. Mookie. You don't know how depressed I was when Mookie left. And then now <laughs> we have Jackie Bradley. Like, what do I have to watch on that team? I don't even know our players anymore. I was about honest. to say, I, I don't know. Xander Bogarts is still on that team, I think. That's about it. Whatever. I mean, he's, he's, a, he's a solid player. But it's Good like, player. I don't know anybody on our roster except for except for Bogarts. He just mentioned, I forgot he was even on the roster. But, uh, yeah, baseball... I'm not sure. Well, obviously, the Dodgers are still good. Dodgers Definitely still a championship good. favorite. I think in the AL, uh, I guess the Astros. How are the Astros doing? I think they yeah, were they were two and zero when I checked this morning. They had a game today. I think they were winning. Uh, yeah, Justin Baker still a good manager, I guess. We see Astros. Indeed. Yeah, they beat them nine to one, so they're three and zero. They're playing the um, Oakland A's. So how are the White Sox doing? I like Tim Tim. Uh, they were, Tim uh, Anderson. Yeah, I Tim. Tim I love Tim Anderson. They had a bright future. I don't know. Uh, Let's see, they're zero zero bottom of the first right now against the Angels. They're one and one. So, so. I see the Angels are still nothing. Angels are just gonna be like a meme. That they're like just that gonna forever. keep wasting uh, Mike Trout, and they even tried to get him the help with uh, Shohei Otani and um, Rendon, and it just doesn't matter. So what is Rendon? Has Rendon been good for? Yeah, them? he's been really... one of the best third basemen uh, in baseball. He's just I know he's Otani's only, he's pretty solid. Too. Otani's solid, but he's been hurt pretty often. Uh, I think he's back. Yeah. Year. And 
I think that's a re- that's gonna be a really good player. Uh, Gonzaga coming back, by the way. Just called the time. Somebody just called time like, out. Only down two, 36-34. coming down the wire. I think for me, what really makes me mad is when a franchise has a generational player mm-hmm. and they just waste him the whole career. Like uh, like Trout or like I don't even I don't know any NFL Deshaun NBA Watson examples. Has done so far. <laughs> um, what is like what is an what is an NBA version like uh, Carmelo Anthony on the Knicks? Yeah, like Damian Lillard. Yeah, Damian oh, Lillard. Damian Lillard uh, I, well, he's got help. He had love Marcus Aldridge and then CJ McCollum. Well, they traded away Aldridge, so it's not like no, they didn't <laughs> trade him away. He left. He was in. A, he was a free agent. Oh, well, San Antonio. He, he left. Okay, so he left. Uh, he left. McCollum but then they got uh, who they, they got him somebody after that, didn't they? I think so. Ooh, all they got is McCollum. <laughs> they had he, McCollum was already on the, yeah. he was already they on the McCollum, team. I guess. I think he just emerged. But yeah. Yeah. I mean, they Gary had Trent Jr. Lulu. was there for a while, but now he's not. They got Norman. I like Gary Trent Jr., but like, he's not. Help. He doesn't help Gary right Trent, about now. Not now. But uh, Norman yeah, Powell is In the now. future, he could be help. Norman Powell is helping. I'm Trent sorry. Trent. Nothing about Norman Powell excites me. It's just like, like when I watch, I don't want to say. He's a bad player, but I'm watching Norman Powell. I just get pissed off, you know? I'm I sorry. I I, no, no disrespect to Norman Powell, but you know what? I'm just sorry, okay? Mm-hmm. But, yeah, don't waste generational players, man. Don't do it. You have Listen, do you Watch know how long we waited for Washington to get a – I went for Washington to get a franchise quarterback. Do you know how long? Uh, the same if we ever time, get that guy – Forever. Listen, if we ever get that guy and we wasted, do you know how mad I'll be, Mo? So, what do you – all right, let's talk about this briefly then. Ron Rivera at his press conference. He said he mm-hmm. he does not have the pressure right now to get his franchise quarterback. He has up to he says maybe next year, if not even the year after. So the yeah, reason <laughs> the reason he said that was because he said he can he believes he should. What he did in Carolina was he had the quarterback and then built the team around him. Here he said he wants to do the opposite because that's what you that's what puts you in the best position to win. Do you think that philosophy makes sense to have the talent around the team and then like the Chiefs model? For, for uh, like they had Alex Smith, mm-hmm. they were making the playoffs consistently. They were a good team, but then they went up, got Mahomes, and then everything else is history, right? Like they just emerged as the best yeah. team in the league. So, I, do you understand say, where, where Ron is coming from? I do, and I don't, because because first of all, I think it's very good to build up your team to have a quarterback coming. But the problem is, is that once you build up your team, how are you going to get that quarterback? Because number one, if you already have a good team, the chances of you getting a, a high enough pick to draft a quarterback are extremely low. You gotta trade up. Like the the lowest you're gonna get is top fifteen. Uh, it's top fifteen. That's because that's the way has this fifteen pick. That's the lowest you're gonna get for a top quarterback prospect. And if you're not a top fifteen pick, because if you're a good team, you're not gonna be a top fifteen pick. You're not gonna get a top guy. So then you gotta look at free agency. And in free agency, you either have the yearly backup quarterbacks to aren't really anything. You have maybe uh you have maybe a former first round guy that then may work out on one team, so he's going to another team. <laughs> so and that is a very low well low, low there are it's a risky there's some special exceptions. Tom yeah, Brady special. uh Peyton Manning, obviously were two of the greatest free agents or two of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, happen to end up free yeah. agents and go to their next teams and win championships. You can yeah. kinda hope so, there's a generational quarterback, but that seems like a bad business model. You can trade up for yeah. one, but you'd have to make sure you're right on it. You have to. You can always trade for somebody. Maybe Russell Wilson wants out. Maybe Deshaun Watson still not playing in two yeah. years. Maybe you trade for him then. Uh, yeah. If you know all the legal stuff shakes out for his benefit and not 
you know, uh, the worst, I guess. Um, there's no real way to develop a team and have yourself be correct, right? You don't. Yeah. There's sometimes you just you luck into it. I'm sorry, you get, get luck into yeah. it. I mean, Jalen Hurts. I don't know if is if he's a franchise quarterback or not. He was there in the second round. Not ev- like every team passed on him. If he's a franchise quarterback, the Eagles lucked into it. If uh, like Tom Brady was a sixth round pick, nobody expected him to be a franchise quarterback. He ended up a franchise quarterback. I don't listen, mind let me say, taking a late. Like I know Kellen Mond has been a name that's come up very often. I don't know if you take him. At listen, man, he has a lot of work to do before he's ever going to be a great quarterback. That's why I'm very hesitant. Just to sit Mond. behind Fitz. You don't think that matters? Do I really want a guy? I don't want to say Fitz is like a bad teaching tool, but I do. I really want a guy, a fr- like a really guy that I expect to be a franchise quarterback, learning behind Ryan Fitzpatrick. Not really. That's true. I'm like, I'm sorry, but Fitz has a lot of bad habits well, that they, I wouldn't want a quarterback to have. They also tried to have a like they tried to have Haskins, who they thought might be a franchise quarterback, learned under Alex Smith. Alex Smith was never like the but, greatest, but yeah, I mean, he has the work ethic, he has the preparation aspect, but he's never been like a top yeah. quarterback. I know Ryan Fitzpatrick does like, crazy stuff, but I mean, he's yeah. always been praised as like a smart player and like a very cool, calm, collected, and like prepared player. Well, Dwayne, Dwayne would have worked out if he just if he just actually worked hard, but the guy <laughs> just seems not to really care. But that's it's this his problem. For him. But maybe he it goes better in uh yeah, in like I was saying, world. there's no right way to build a team. You luck into it. Did anybody expect that Jaguars team to go to be that good and go to the AFC Championship? No, they just lucked into it. Yeah. They ended up having a generational cornerback. They had a great defense. Uh, Leonard Fournette had a great season for them. Blake Bortles played composite for once in his life. You had like you forty just, touchdowns was, that year. Some ridiculous. Yeah, it was. Listen, <laughs> a, I'm telling you right now, life. in the NFL, the the Super Bowl window is always random. You never know when you're a Super Bowl team until it happens. I'm telling you right now, nobody of the 49ers are going to go, like, what is it, 13-3, and three, I think? Mm-hmm. And then they went to the Super Bowl. Nobody knew that 49ers team was going to be a Super Bowl, going to go to the Super Bowl. Nope. In the NFL, you only have a one- to two-year Super Bowl window. They went from picking second overall to uh, yeah. to in the Super Bowl, by the way, which is ridiculous. Like, in, in the NBA, you can go to the championship six years in a row. Easy work. NFL... There's too many guys in the roster as expiring contracts. And that. Yep. So with Ron Rivera, we, we only have – I think our super window is two years, three at three max. Because after – was it after next year, we have John Allen's uh, contract expires, I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure. Then you got Duran um, the year after. And then – The year after, after. And then Chase after. So it's – And we still haven't paid time. Sheriff. So, oh. like, yeah. Do you think they pay Sheriff? Did you see the report today that they uh, he turned down yeah, yeah. money to be the highest paid guard in the league? Just honestly, just trade him away. See what you can get. So what like, do you think the money was? Try to trade up if you can. Because uh, I, I, I'm kind of expecting the money to be $17 million a year. And so who is the highest paid guard in the league? Joe Tooney right now. He's six, uh, so what is it, like 18 million a year? No, 16. So 18, 18, million? Only one $18 million making $18 million a Sheriff because he got tagged again. Uh Okay. Right, it's sixteen million dollars average annual value. It's five years, eighty million dollars for Joe Tooney. So I think they offered him. Offered five, him. I think they offered him five years, eighty-five, which would be seventeen, and he said no because he has he's making eighteen this year. Wouldn't make sense for him, right? So I'm guessing if what he wants is twenty. I think what he wants I mean, is at least eighteen a year, and I don't think they're going to give it to him. So I think this might be. I don't think they're going to trade him either. I think this is going to be our last year of sheriff. 
Scherf is a he's a good he's a good player, Very consistent. Good. But I don't think he's that good enough a player for us to give him eighteen mil. That's like if you're gonna money. be that type of guy, you need to be Quentin Nelson, in my opinion. Yeah, you got to be a Quentin Nelson if you, I'm gonna give you eighteen mil a year. All right, like if you're not like that, then you know you can you can skedaddle. Or I'm gonna trade you away. Like come on now. Yeah, I mean, I understand where he's coming from as well. Like you don't you don't yeah. want to undersell yourself. I, if I were in his position, I'd probably do the same thing. If they're paying me $18 million a year this year, why would I take a pay cut next year? Like, I understand yeah. there's more money overall, and if you're banking on yourself not getting hurt and yeah. all that stuff, but I think if... I, obviously, Sheriff has had his share of injuries, but nothing major. <laughs> I would continue... If I were him, I would, I would play this year out on the tag. Go to collect my bag next year because there's no way this team is going to tag him for a third straight year make $22 million or something ridiculous. He'll go somewhere else. We'll get a compensatory pick, theoretically, unless we sign somebody else big, and that'll be the end of it. Kind of sucks to let him walk yeah. away, but I think if you can't get an extension done by July, it's what's going to happen. Hey, man, I think we should trade him. You know I, what I think we should do? What, so what realistically, what can you get for Brandon Sheriff? So I think you do him. Uh, maybe I think we should also try to trade Landon away. I don't think, this this no is my big they... master. <laughs> There's no way that they listen. Can. Listen to my big master villain plan, okay? Some team in the first round could use Brandon Sheriff. Sure. I don't know, in the like top ten, okay? At least in the top ten. Sure. A lot of teams could use a some other, and and like a handful of them could use a guy like that. Collins, a handful. I think a lot. So you combine those two with some picks, okay? You give them 19. You can give them, give them next year's first round. We don't really need that pick, really. We don't really need it, okay? Give him next year's first round and give him like another third round pick uh, from, I don't want to say give him a third round pick for next uh, next year. Okay. Okay. You combine that with Sheriff and Collins. Some team, at least one of them would consider at least one. But you're giving and away a happen. lot and you're not really gaining anything. You're gaining a little bit of cap flexibility, but that's about it, right? So you're not like, if but you're giving away. Okay, it's for a quarterback. Which quarter? Okay, so you're yeah. just trading up with this. Yeah, I'm trading up. Oh, it's for any quarterback not named Zach Wilson. I'm sorry, <laughs> Zach Wilson. Pass. Okay. He's going to. Sorry, around. but do the Eagles report yeah. that they couldn't get him was so funny to me. With Ian Rappaport tweeting. I mean, that. like, listen, I think Zach Wilson has all the talent in the world, but I'm not betting on a guy like Zach Wilson. I'm sorry. I'm not either. And see, I don't want to say all the talent in the world. I don't want to say all the talent in the world because I still think he's like. The fourth point talent to QB in the class. <laughs> and I just think he's the fourth best QB in the class. But I think for me, his play style really just turns me off of him. For me, Zach, for me, Zach Wilson played like Mahomes with less talent than Mahomes. Way less talent. And I'm not sure. And I'm not sure he's gonna get the same type of nourishment and like see, but the okay. care he needs like Mahomes. With the Mahomes comparisons. Mahomes has the ability to throw with anticipation and like before receivers break routes. I see a lot of yeah. Zach Wilson throwing to guys after they make breaks. And I don't know if it's because his old line was so bad that he had to like move out and make plays after. It's both. Out. I think it's both. But it's I think part of it is just he he falls in love with his arm. Part of it is he can't throw with anticipation, which worries me because that's something you have to be able to do. And see, this is why I have I have all the cues about. First of all, Trevor Lawrence, people don't actually know this, but he actually got better at throwing with his patient. His first year, he wasn't good at all. No. Second year, he improved. And third year, he extremely improved, and he was great at it this past season. Mm -hmm. uh, Trey Lance has always been good at anticipation. Oh, he, he only played two years. 
Very good anticipation. Like when you see Trey Lance on film, he's throwing that out right before the receiver even turns head, before the receiver even starts making his cut. I like that. Fizz has always done that. You don't I see still it think Wilson, Trey so Lance like, is way more pro ready than anybody gives him credit for. I think he'll be playing on some ah, NFL team before man. the end of the season. Listen, he'll be starting listen. games. First of all, Falcons fans, you, you should damn sure not want Matt Ryan. Falcons <laughs> fans are weird because they think I'm like, oh, we can like cookie Matt Ryan or we can like uh yeah, do a quick rebuild and like I'm like that's first of all your entire defense needs work. I don't know. About <laughs> NFL fans don't realize when it's when the QB's arm is starting to die, you got to cut your losses right now. Pretty much. I mean, if you're throwing a deep out and the ball is dying, <laughs> like it's time to say skedaddle to that guy. We saw okay? that with Big Ben last year. We saw Drew Brees the last couple of years. It's starting to happen. And I'll also put out with the guys that are uh, they're like you know uh, Mac Jones is a better quarterback. I think for me, okay, I like what Mac Jones does. I think he can give you a solid quarterback. But for me, what matters to me is if it's a cold, windy day in Buffalo, it's 30 degrees, cold as hell, it's windy. Am I going to trust a guy with that type of arm to make a deep out Ooh, when the ball's going to die early? Can't, no. Can't trust these guys that, in January. That matters, matters to me, man. Yep. You, you Like, I'm sorry, but arm just matters, okay? It's the reality of being a quarterback in the NFL, right? You got to have an arm. Like, even the even like – the the weaker quarterbacks that once suppose had a great arm. Joe Flacco had a rocket. Okay, mm-hmm. that is factual. He did. I don't want to say I don't like who else won a Super Bowl, but like that's been mid quarterback or something like that. Uh, Rex Grossman made it to one, and he, he I don't want to say he's a rocket arm. He had a pretty good arm, Rex Grossman. Yeah, he had a, he had a yeah, he had a big he's a big arm type of guy. Like, listen for me, like that's just important to me, man. Like, I don't it's like having a weaker arm is not a downside, but. There's a reason why those type of guys never really go to Super Bowls, man. Mm-hmm. That play in January matters, man. When it's cold and windy, I mean, we saw Jimmy, you got a guy. We saw Jimmy Garoppolo miss a throw in the Super Bowl that cost him the game, right? Listen, man. If you got when your ball cuts through the wind with precision, that matters, man. I'm sorry, but that just matters. If your ball, if, if you throw football and that can't do it, like I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna put you top of my list, man. You can be okay. You can be not that. When you're playing January football, man, if you're throwing a streak, I mean, I want to say, but if you're throwing a go route and the ball's dying early on, I, I can't rock with you, man. I'm sorry. Gonzaga has taken the lead at halftime, 45-44. Hey, man, nice. it's close. It is very close. I think we're about ready to wrap the show up. Oh, man, that was <laughs> – I know, I know I rambled on a bit there, but I, no, you know, no, no, people no, no, always dude, rag on it. me for quarterbacks, man. I love people it. Always I love rag it. On Keep doing it. Zach Wilson, the bomb. Keep going. <laughs> I think we're about ready to wrap up, though. Be sure to follow us on all socials uh, at Phantom yep. Sports Net. Uh, be sure to follow our personals at Ibin underscore underscore fly for Mark at Demoes for me. And uh, I think our next stream will be on next. Uh, what is it? Tuesday for Token Boys, right? No, this upcoming Tuesday, we're taking a break. Ah, okay, okay. So you know, we're, we're a little burnt chasing, out, guys. We'll be back the, the following week. Chasing the chip on Wednesday, then. Uh, I think we have the we have the hair fight OTR coming up match. on Friday. OTR oh, match. Oh, man, you guys are going to love that. I That's really hope Ty match. wins because I keep saying it. But, yeah. Uh, other than that, be sure to follow us. Follow the Twitch page.